Hello all, and welcome to Citispell, where each week I will share a new story of pagan folklore or mythology from around the globe. I'm your host, Jocelyn McRae. This season we will be diving into stories of creation, from the depths below the earth to the celestial cosmos above. Nearly every culture on earth has had an explanation for how it all came to be. Join me as I explain these beliefs through an informative and accessible storytelling experience. Come on in and sit a spell. It's story time. myth. Before the world as you and I know it ever existed, there was a place called Muspelheim, composed of intense, inhospitable heat and blinding, debilitating light. Muspelheim is home to none other than its infernal sons. A shadowy figure presides over the border between Muspelheim and the ever-yawning void called the Ginningagap. This guardian of Muspelheim is called Surtur. He brandishes a flaming sword and is said to protect the lands charged to him. North of both Muspelheim and the void Ginningagap, there existed the land called Niflheim, a place wholly contrary to the land south of it. Niflheim is composed of a deep and ever-present frost and chill. The landscape is shrouded in mists, and encumbered by ice, making it the perfect setting for the souls of the dead to dwell. Where ice from Niflheim and heat from Muspelheim meet, there began a drip, drip, drip. Each drop of melting frost accumulated until a giant bodily form took shape. Born at last was the great frost giant Ymir, also known as Argolmir. Around the same time as Ymir's birth, the giantess cow Arumla was brought forth from the void and met Ymir near the edge of Niflheim and the Ginningagap. In need of nourishment, Ymir relied on the rivers of milk that sprang forth from the cow's teats to sustain him. Ymir grew even larger and stronger as they were fortified by Arumla's milk. While sleeping one night, Ymir began to sweat. The sweat from under their arm accumulated and took the form of a man and a woman. The sweat slid its way downward, and from its legs sprouted a six-headed son. Ymir is both male and female, and therefore was capable of asexual reproduction. Meanwhile, Arumla received nourishment from licking salty ice blocks. Her licks were powerful and her tongue deft, so much that she soon began to sculpt the form of a handsome and tall god by the name of Buri. On the first day, the man's hair was sculpted, on the second day, his head, and on day three she completed his body. Buri married a giantess and begot a son of his own called Bor. 
Harald married a giantess by the name of Bestla, and from their union three sons were born into the Ginnungagap. Their names were Odin, Vili, and Ve. These sons of Bor were anointed to be the rulers of both heaven and earth, and as such they were tasked with killing the great giant Ymir so that they may use his body to create an inhabitable world and all the elements necessary to sustain life. The brothers worked together to stab the great giant Ymir, and from his vast body drained rivers of blood, which eventually created deep oceans and drowned almost all of the frost ogres. The frost ogre Bergomir and his wife narrowly escaped the flood as they sought refuge in Elir, a hollowed-out tree trunk. Their survival ensured future generations of frost ogres. The sons of Bor hurried to their task of creating a world from Ymir's body. His skull was used to create the sky and was held up by four dwarves, which had come to life from the maggots that fed from his flesh. These four dwarves signify the four cardinal directions, Austri, east, Vestri, west, Nodri, north, and Sudri, south. Ymir's brains were flung high into the sky to create the clouds. Sparks which made their way into the Genungagap from Muspelheim were flung into the sky as well and created the sun and the stars. The giant's teeth, skin, and bones were used to create the Earth's crust, including stones, mountains, and land. Ymir's eyebrows and eyelashes were used to create a boundary between the new world called Midgard and the seas beyond, which included islands that giants now inhabited. Odin, Vili, and Ve turned to the lands inside Midgard and happened upon two trees which they named Ask and Embla, or Ash and Elm, and from them created man and woman. Odin breathed life into them. Billy gifted them with intellect and emotion, and they carved them into the shape of humans, giving them eyes, ears, mouths, noses, and hands so that they may experience all five senses. The gods gifted Ask and Embla with clothing. Ask and Embla are the father and mother of all races in Midgard, also known as humankind. The three brothers then ventured out of Midgard using the rainbow bridge called Bifgust on a mission to create a stronghold and home for all gods and goddesses. The well would be called Asgard, and within Asgard there stood a great hall called Lidskal, inside which Odin sat on a high throne and looked over the entire world. Odin is considered the father of all gods and men, and as such is all-seeing and all-knowing. Odin marries a goddess called Frigg, and together they create numerous other gods and goddesses of Asgard. Members of this family are often referred to as the Asir. The celestial inhabitants of Asgard had a sanctuary designated to only them by the name of Yggdrasil, 
which also acted as a meeting place for the gods to hold daily court. This sanctuary was in the form of a tall tree with branches that extended well above the world and connected all the other worlds created by the sons of Bor. Alas, the earth and the heavens were created. I want to express so much gratitude to all who tuned in for the first episode of Sit a Spell. You can follow Sit a Spell podcast on Instagram at sit.a.spell.podcast. If you like what you heard today, please tell a friend, or two, or twenty. I'm excited to do this all over again next time with new cultures and new myths, and I hope you are too. Y'all come back now.